Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this week's special episode, I'm joined by the co-head of SSNC Intralinks, Bob Petrocki, to discuss the latest findings from the third quarter edition of SSNC Intralinks Deal Flow Predictor. The Deal Flow Predictor is based on data from the company's due diligence platform and has highlighted a number of trends in M&A. Hi, Bob. Thanks for joining me today and, and good to have you back. Hi, Juliana. It's great to be back. So, Bob, let's start by looking at an overview of M&A activity globally. What have you seen in the first half of 2022 and what are you expecting to see in the latter part of this year? Yes, that's a great place to start. I mean, relatively speaking, we've seen less volatility in the M&A markets globally than we've seen in other corners of the markets, like equities, as an example. That said, we are seeing over 20,000 pre-announced deals flow through our desk annually. and as anticipated, M&A volume is trending downward. In Q3, we anticipate a range of between negative 5% to positive 5% movement on quarter over quarter yearly, and you know more than a negative 5% movement quarter over quarter, Q1 to Q2, Q2 to Q3. So we shouldn't be surprised at neutral to negative outlooks, you know, based on all the geopolitical activity and events, but if we look at the bigger picture and keep that in mind, we're forecasting Q3 22 volumes to be higher than Q3 20 and Q3 2019 by over 20%. So there's a lot of activity in the markets. I think that that pre-deal preparation phase that we are noticing, the 20,000 pre-announced deals, are creating a very significant backlog that are going to materialize as, as new deal activity in Q3. Great. Thank you. And looking at the different regions, can you talk us through what's been happening in the Asia-Pacific region to start with and which sectors saw the most activity there? So on the surface, we're expecting uh, larger negative trends toward pull-down regional activity, but we're pretty surprised at how the major markets performed. Uh, China obviously has an outsized impact from a macroeconomic perspective, and their production hubs continue to be a challenge. But, you know, we can't really make predictions for individual countries as well as we do for entire regions. It's difficult to, to pinpoint it that way. But we have seen growth quarter over quarter and quarter over quarter year to date for mainland China, Hong Kong, and even South Korea. So it's interesting. Other major markets like Australia, India, Japan, and Singapore have experienced more volatility, which brings our Q3 announced forecast for APAC to um, you know, probably that same, same range of negative 5% to positive 5% you know, year over year and, and quarter over quarter. But again, we have seen a lot of activity in manufacturing, biotech, and, and retail. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it, all, how it all plays out. And can you explain how this differs to the EMEA region and what activity and, and trends you're seeing there, please? Like APAC, we've anticipated a little bit of an impairment to the EMEA market based on you know, what's happening with the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine. Although the, the region's probably a little stronger than the others uh, with a little bit more of a flat to positive outlook, where you know, we're anticipating the lower end of the range on a quarter to quarter over quarter basis. But 
comparing that against uh, an exceptionally strong performance globally in 21. So that's what we're seeing there. Italy stood out as a, a real bright spot with double digit growth quarter over quarter and quarter over quarter year to date. But we've seen some choppiness in other areas like France and Germany and the UK. So generally we're seeing an uplift in early stage deals and early stage deals that haven't launched yet. Thanks, Robert. And looking to the West now, starting with North America, we saw a lot of early stage deal activity there. Can you talk us through the big trends that you've seen in the North American region, please? Absolutely. So North America definitely relieved some of the pressure on a really heated market in Q1. And we're forecasting in that territory that it may underperform less than the negative 5%. The interesting thing we're seeing there, again, is a lot of activity on in our deal prep stage. So we're getting a lot of deals in, in preparation. There's some you know, pre-transaction diligence. So a lot of activity in our, in our prep stage. And, and we think that you know, at some point, those will all, all launch and have a positive impact on the market. But North America's performance overall through 21 was you know, obviously extremely strong and that carried the global performance. So we saw some moderation as anticipated with inflation and you know, the interest rate movement, which we think has already been priced into assets above normal ranges. That aside, compared to 2020 and 2020 Q1 early stage performance, it's still strong. So when you zoom out, North America is still showing very strong activity. As I said, a lot of pre-deal activity seems to be the flavor, and and we've seen that continue through Q2. So that may be forecasting a stronger than expected H2. And you mentioned about the preparation, the pre-deal prep that's going on. What's prompting that? And is that more than you've seen in previous years? It, it absolutely is. I mean, my, my interpretation of it and what we've seen as far as, you know, we, don't, we can't see specific information in the deal room, but we can see trend line analysis. So more time in the early diligence phase, it could be around, you know, regulatory concerns. It could be around price pressure. It could be around valuation issues. So there's just been more activity there before the deals are launching. But it's, you know, clearly the deal prep phase has been longer than we've seen, you know, throughout 21, which, you know, as we all know, was, you know, really, really active market. And turning now to Latin America, can you tell us more about the trends that we're seeing in the early stage volume and also other trends in the region there? So not very different from what we just discussed in, in North America. There has been more early stage activity in LATAM. Now, look, volatility in LATAM is not necessarily something new. We always see that year over year. But the volatility for 2022 has definitely returned. So we've seen strong numbers through 21. We're forecasting probably underperformance quarter over quarter in the double digit range. But the drop is less severe. I mean, look, everywhere uh, compared to 21, which was, you know, record highs in basically every segment is slowing down a little. But but the volatility in the Latin markets are certainly helping. So, you know, obviously regional volume in Latin is carried by the largest uh, economy, which is Brazil. And from our vantage point, the deals fell back a little short compared to Q1. But we're, we're actually seeing an uptick compared to Q4 and 21. So that, that's really positive. And, you know, when we talk to the sales teams on the ground, it seems like there's definitely you know, restructure, mergers, and, and some consolidation in some of the markets. So 
one quarter doesn't make a trend. Brazil, Colombia, and Mexico saw growth in Q1 compared to Q4. So hopefully that's an indication that we'll see some stability in the second half. And what about the sectors within the Latin American region? So from a sector perspective, the ones that are, are typically the most active for us are, you know, energy, oil and gas and restructuring are always where we see strength in that, that segment. And we're continuing to see that more consolidation in the energy field, which, again, has been driving some of the Q, uh, the first half activity. And we'll, we'll expect to see that a little bit more in the second half. When we talk about the, the pre-deal stage that we're seeing, there has been heavy activity in the, in the prep stage in, in both of those sectors. Thank you. And you've touched on some of it already in some of your answers. But what are the, some of the possible challenges you're seeing through the remainder of this year? There are obviously a lot of geopolitical and macroeconomic factors at, at play at the moment. Look, uncertainty in the market always causes challenges. And, you know, sometimes that's an opportunity, depending if you're a buyer or a seller. But, you know, Russians invasion of the Ukraine is causing a lot of logistical, you know, dislocation of food, energy supply, uh, you know, and, and, and uncertainty in the market. So that, you know, that absolutely is going to be a challenge. China's zero COVID-19 policies got huge impact on the supply chain, which is slowing everything down, energy prices, interest rates, uh, equity, the equity market, that seems like it's a different bag of tricks every day. So I think overall instability in all these different areas are, are, are a challenge in the markets. I think uncertainty creates that instability and, and that, that will slow down deal activity. I think there's also you know, more diligence and more uncertainty in how to price some of these assets which is causing a slowdown in, in deal launch, right? We talked about a little bit more, more diligence, more, more of a request for understanding around, you know, how to properly price these assets. And, you know, as, as always, the sellers are going to be more aggressive and the buyers are going to say, hey, let me, let me wait and see what, you know, what this market's going to hold. So I think all those create a, a challenging environment moving forward. But with that said, I, I've been you know, very surprised with how how well the markets are responding because, you know, we're talking about this range between negative five and five percent, but it's it's against a historic year in M&A. So I, th- I think overall, you know, there's a positive outlook. Maybe I'm just an optimist, but I see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of positives in what we're seeing from a trend line perspective. Bob, thanks very much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was Bob Petrocchi, co-head of SS&C Intralinks. Thanks for listening to this week's special episode of DealCast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us next week for another episode. 